What is up, my friends? Welcome to episode 183 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. So this is actually going to be a replay episode that we recorded uh, earlier in the year. And it's a great episode because we are talking about three key characteristics that every cult-like brand has. And it's such a great episode and actually one of my top downloaded episodes that we've ever done. So instead of re-recording it, I thought let's just give it to you again with a little different intro. So that's what we're going for here. And we have a very special program that you've probably heard about called the Cultish Product. I have basically been talking about it nonstop since we launched it in January of this year, 2023. It is my dream come true new signature program and the doors are opening again to start this program for round two in July and the applications to this program are opening up on June 28th. So if you are interested in the program, you're an established product-based business, e-commerce store, Etsy store, whatever, anything that you sell physical products um, and you want to create your own cult-like brand then you can submit your application. This is a small group coaching program, so we're only taking up to 10 people. So if you join the waitlist for the program, depending on when you're listening to this, you do get first dibs into the program. All right, let's dive into the episode. Oh, one more thing. And you can find the link to the application in the show notes below, or you can head over to kerryfitzgerald.com forward slash cultish. I am pretty friggin' pumped about this episode because... We are sort of leaning into this new phase of topics that we're going to be talking about on the podcast. And one core topic that I'm going to kind of come back to over and over over again is this notion of creating a cult-like brand. I think it's really important because as e-commerce continues to grow, I mean, let's face it, there are more e-commerce stores opening up today than there ever have been. And for you as a brand, you're going to have to really continue to work harder to make yourself discoverable to people as there are more Etsy stores opening. There are more Shopify stores opening. There are more Amazon stores opening. You have to figure out ways to get discoverable. And while I'm not 100% going to be talking too much about discoverability today, we are going to touch upon that. Um, I want to really talk again about this notion of how to create a like cult-like status with your brand. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's a cult. Okay. I'm just, I, I like the cult-like term. I think it's a really awesome way to describe a brand. And, but I just want to preface by saying, I'm not literally meaning like you have, you're a cult. Okay. Let's just, let's just be real. (laughs) Okay. So the reason I wanted to do this bonus episode is because we have a new program coming out right around the corner. And depending on when you're listening to this episode, that program may have already come out into the world. It's going to be called the cultish product. And I am so, so, so lit up about this program. I came up with the idea. It was almost like a year. Uh, not quite a year and a half ago, but like a year and give or take a couple months. I was doing a dog walk and I came up with the idea for this program and it popped into my head and it looked a little bit different than how it's actually going to be, which I'll be talking about on the next episode. But it's a notion or a version of that idea that popped into my head and I came up with the idea 
and I wrote it out in my notes app on my phone, which I always do. And then I literally posted in the mastermind group that I was in and I was like, literally, I just came up with my dream program. I'm so excited. And then I left it alone for, a, you know, a year plus. And now I'm ready to get this out in the world. I launched my membership program and now I have this new program. And these are going to be like my two core offers, I, I think, for a while. So I'm pretty excited. So Anyway, um, depending on when you're listening to this, you can look in the show notes. There's going to either be a waitlist link for this program or there's going to be an application link for this program. So anyway, okay. So when I was coming up with the idea for this episode, it's and it's a, we've we've had a couple episodes where I've talked about like cult-like brand, um, how to create a wildly in-demand brand. So I've definitely had a couple episodes where I've talked about this, but I want to revisit because as I've been thinking about this concept a lot more lately because I'm developing a program, I have some new ideas around what this looks like and why it's kind of important for you. So yeah, let's just dive into it. And this is going to be a quick episode. It's not going to be a long one. Okay. So, and I also want you to think too, like, and I, and I ask you this quite often, but like, what brands do you really like? And I want you to always think why, why do you like them? What is it about that brand that you feel connected to? And it's going to be something specific and it may not be about the product. It might be something bigger that you really connect with. So I always want you to just think about that. Okay. So one thing that, so I, I sort of look at a cult-like brand as like these three layers of things that they possess. And I want to talk about that. Then I want to talk about just a couple of brands that I think are kind of like cult-like brands, but it really like it it's, it's in the eye of the beholder. Like what you think is kind of like you're obsessed with a brand may not be what I'm obsessed with. So, okay. So when I think of a cult-like brand, I think like they've achieved this like connection with customers. That's that's a given, okay? They, they have a deep connection with customers. They have created this like consumer culture that people just kind of want to be a part of. They want to buy the product. They want to be posting on social media. They want to tag you, blah, blah, blah. And that's a really important part. And then the other thing too is like, I think a cult-like brand has a good product. You know, you have a product, people like it, it sells out. You have a loyal community, you have loyal customers. And that's kind of the notion of what a cult-like brand kind of does. So these are the three things that I think a cult-like brand, or if you want to create a cult-like following for your brand, I think you need to have these three things. And I'm just going to go in any random order. The first, you have to have a, you have to be like your customers have to be obsessed with your brand. That's, that's the most important thing. You can't, you're not going to be a brand that's like a willy nilly, like, eh, like your product's okay. Your brand is okay. Blah, blah, blah. Like this is not for the boring and basic bitch. This is going to be a brand that people are obsessed with. So for me, like, I don't think that I'm obsessed with that many brands (laughs) and I hate to use this one because this is a major corporation and I believe it's actually considered the number one, this, don't quote me on this. Okay. Cause I still need to do my episode. I want to do an episode on Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts and I want to do an episode on Burger King versus McDonald's and why I think one is superior, not, not about product. But like why the, why one is more superior with their marketing. I really need to do those episodes. I've been talking about the, doing these two episodes for a while. 
Um, but like for me, um, Starbucks, like I do love Starbucks and I know some of you might be wanting to come at me right now. Like, Oh, Starbucks, like support your local coffee shops. And trust me, I friggin' support all the local coffee shops. I would probably be rich if I didn't spend all my money on coffee. I'm just joking. Um, but seriously, I do spend a lot of money on coffee and I do support local coffee shops, but I love Starbucks. And the reason that I really like Starbucks, I think part of it too is that I live in Washington state and I lived in Seattle for three and a half years. And Seattle is like Starbucks kingdom. I mean, there's Starbucks everywhere. It's the headquarters of Starbucks. I used to drive past the Starbucks headquarters all the time when I would be doing errands. There is just something about Starbucks in Seattle. And I'm sure a lot of people in Seattle are like, Starbucks sucks. Like their coffees taste like shit. We like this local coffee shop. And I like local coffee shops too. Seattle has a very big coffee culture. So if any of you like coffee like me, definitely make sure you come and visit Seattle because there's a lot of awesome coffee shops. So for me, like I love Starbucks. I am obsessed with Starbucks. I love going in during the different seasons. They always have different decor in the stores. They always um, like they always have good customer service. You know, they're always friendly. They're not like miserable because, you know, how you go to like some shops and they're just like you can tell the person who's taking your order just kind of wants to punch you in the face. They are not happy to be there. And I do feel like Starbucks, the the people that work there are are quite like they're always friendly like oh sure you want an extra this on the side and sure you want a puppuccino for your dog we would love to give that to you no problem like they're just nice and friendly they write your name on the cup I kind of like that kind of stuff um but they make it fun and exciting for people they always have really beautiful um, marketing beautiful branding like you drive up to the drive-through and they have like different signs depending on the season. Like they make it fun. They make it, they put in an effort for their customers and they change things. It's not stale and boring where I feel like if you go to like Burger King or something, it's like the same shitty sign. They don't make it fun. And you there you get like the miserable people behind the counter. So anyway, um, so that's just one thing. Like I love Starbucks and I just, I, I feel like I can depend on Starbucks <laughs> like okay, I'm having a bad day. I want to go get a cold brew. Okay, I'm going to go to Starbucks. And it's like always tastes good. Once in a while, it's it's not good. And I have gotten like the wrong order and things like that. But it's very dependable. And then the biggest thing about Starbucks is the story, is the history behind the brand. And for me, I think that's what made me really fall in love with Starbucks is the history, the story. And Howard Schultz, I don't know if he, I don't think he's the current CEO. I don't, I forget. So you can tell, like, I don't follow Starbucks, like, super closely right now. Um, I've read a lot about their history and their story. And I've read Howard Schultz's book. And I forget the name of it now. I will link it in the show notes. Um, something, like, to the top. But he's the one that, like, revolutionized Starbucks to what it is today. He's the one that took their coffee idea And he went, spent time in Italy and saw this like coffee culture, people in these like little espresso shops. And he's the one that took that concept and put that, like turn that into what Starbucks is now and what Starbucks is known for. And so when I read all of that stuff and I read his book and I read all of that, I, that is what made me really like the brand. So again, it's not necessarily the product here. It's a story and story, your story of your brand, your why, your mission, the vision, all that stuff. That is so freaking important. 
And so many of you I know aren't leveraging that. You're just like, oh, no one cares. No one cares about the story of the company. No one cares about this thing, but they do care. So anyway, so I think the number one thing when you're creating a cult-like brand is people have to be obsessed with it, have to be obsessed with your brand, the product, what you're putting out into the world. And that can come from like a couple different things. Again, it can come from your story. It can come from like the vibe that you give out. And I'm thinking of of a few brands in my head right now that I'm not going to necessarily name on this podcast episode, but there's a few brands that I follow on Instagram and I know like loosely I purchased some of their products. They just have this like charismatic like leader who is the like who leads the brand. And I'm thinking of one pet brand in particular and and I know of this I'm not I'm definitely not going to say who it is. Um but like one of my one-on-one clients I worked with she she was like, oh, yeah, this brand, like, the girl's so annoying. She's always posting videos of herself. And, like, she's just – she's, like, the – I think she phrased her, like, she's, like, the Walmart of the pet industry or something. And I was like, oh, God, I have to go check her out. And I checked out her Instagram page, and I was like, oh, my God, this lady is fucking awesome. <laughs> because she's putting herself out there. Like, her whole entire Instagram is videos showing her face, talking, like – even though I didn't personally find her, she's a little annoying, okay? Like very high energy and like a peppy cheerleader kind of way. Definitely a little bit annoying. But I like that kind of stuff because I feel like when I look at someone like that, she puts so much stuff out into the world and she's showing her personality and you're either going to like that or not like it and that's totally fine. You don't have to attract everyone and you shouldn't attract everyone. You should be yourself, show your personality, which we're going to get to is the next actually point, which I'm leaking into, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, like, and I thought that was really ironic that she, that she told me about that girl and was like, oh yeah, I don't like her. Me and my husband like hate her. And I think they were probably just jealous that this lady, her brand is like quite big, actually. She's grown it very big and it's because of her video like she's always showing up on video she's always showing behind the scenes she's humanizing her brand which is something that I talk about a lot so anyway um I forget what I was leading in with that but that brings me to the next point here is the second part of having a cult like brand or a cult like following is you are like magnetic to your customers so I I feel like this is this kind of like bleeds into being obsessed with your customers and some of these things are going to have a little bit of overlap. But when I think of like people obsessed with your brand, like these are probably customers and they are like your diehard. They're, they're, they are your ride or dies. Like they're going to always buy your product. They're going to always be posting about you on social media. They're going to be, um, you know, tagging you in videos. They're going to be commenting on your stuff. Like they are your people. When I think of like magnetic to the public that's kind of like the second part of creating a cult-like brand it does involve your customers liking you of course but this is just like this this is a bit different like I think of it as a brand who you look at their stuff and you're just like oh like I want to try that and an example for me is when I was I was researching a video that I wanted to do and I think I actually turned that into a podcast episode it was like 10 really cool ice cream brands. And when I was researching the brands for that, I came across the brand Cool House. And I've talked about them in my podcast before. And when I saw their, like, I had seen their ice cream pint. I think, 
I think it was a pint of ice cream in the store before. And I just kind of like, I didn't really kind of pay attention. But then once I was like researching these different ice cream brands and I kind of went to their website, I was like, oh my God, I love, I love whatever they're putting out into the world. It's the branding. It's the vibe. It's the colors. It's their product photos. That is like being magnetic. That's creating a magnetic brand. It's not like being obsessed by your customers. This, I think the obsessed by your customers is when people actually buy from you. I think having this magnetic appeal um, is like before people buy from you. And that's what attracts them to then want to try your product. So I probably should have talked about that one first, but that's okay. We don't have to do things in order, do we? Um, so that's kind of what I think of you just have this like magnetic pull. People just see your stuff on social media. They see your advertisements. They see your, I don't know, they find your website somehow. And they're, they just, they like, it grabs their attention. It stops the scroll. It stops whatever they're doing and they want to like investigate more. And the other example I have, and of course I've talked about them a million times on this podcast, is metal paddle boards. The same thing happened to me this summer. I was looking for a paddle board. I got hit with a Facebook ad on Facebook Marketplace. I saw this beautiful purple paddle board advertisement and I was like, oh my God. And it was like instant click, went to their website and I was obsessed instantly. Like I knew that this brand was for me and it's the and I didn't – I hadn't purchased from them before. I had never even heard of them. And it's that whole magnetic pull. Like you just – there's something about the brand and that comes from having good branding. It comes from having colors that are going to attract the right people. It comes from having a personality in your business. So if I had gone to Maddle Paddleboard's website and it was just like a couple white background of boring paddleboards, boring marketing copy – boring photos, I would not have bought the product. But when I went to their website and I saw these beautiful colors, this like kind of like vintagey bohemian vibe on their website. They had like really awesome creative product photos. They had video and it spoke to me. A hundred percent it spoke to me. And that's the best example I could ever share that explains what I mean by you have this like magnetic pull or magnetic appeal to people that don't know you. And I think you need to have that. I think to have a cult-like brand or to have a brand that people just like fucking love, you have to have that like magnetic pull and feel. And that comes from good branding. It doesn't mean you have to work with like a super expensive branding agency, but you have to have good branding. You have to have the right color palette. You have to have the right fonts. You have to have the right vibe that comes from your stuff. You have to have the right personality. And a brand is a personality. That's like, that needs to be very, very clear. So again, like you go to Maddle, I think it's maddleboards.com. You're going to get this vibe instantly. You go to Cool House, the ice cream brand, and that's C-O-O-L-H-A-U-S. You go there, you're going to get a vibe instantly. You go to a website like Glossier, who I love. I love their brand too. And I'm going to talk about them on this podcast episode. Um, you're going to get this vibe and you're going to be like, oh, I like it. Or like, ugh, no, I don't like it. Too much pink. So your stuff should always attract people. And if it doesn't, like there's, you're missing something. 
Okay, so we've talked about two of the three things I think a cult-like brand 100% has to like really, really have. Magnetic, a magnetic like pull or a magnetic feel and energy and vibe to people obsessed by your customers. And then the third, and this is a really important one, you have to be visible. You have to be visible and discoverable. If people don't know you, they're not going to be obsessed with you. So again, these things aren't necessarily like order of importance. I think they're all very equally important. But visibility is a huge part of number one, growing a business. If you want to make any money in your business, you have to be doing things that get you visibility. And visibility is marketing. Like let's just be honest here. Visibility is 100% your marketing. Your marketing are all the things that you're doing to get people to discover you. So TikTok, Instagram, growing your email list, doing your SEO, getting on blog posts, like blog features, um, getting in gift guides, going on people's podcasts, what else? Having an affiliate program, working with influencers, having a like loyalty and rewards program. Like there's so many things that you're doing to market it, market your brand and that's visibility. So visibility and discover being discoverable, super, super, super important. So if you have a, a business and again, like, and I talk about this all the time, so you probably have heard me say this 5 million times and guess what? You're going to hear it 5 million and one times because that's how important it is. And you have to like this, if you ever take anything away from anything that I ever say in this entire podcast, it's this one thing. Instagram is not your marketing strategy. It's a piece of a marketing strategy, but it is not your whole marketing strategy. I can't tell you how many times I ask people, what are you doing to market your business? And they say, oh, I'm on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, what else? And they say, oh, no, that's it. <laughs> okay, well, we need to we need to expand that now, you know? Um, or it's like, oh, I'm on TikTok. Well, okay, like, awesome, great. Like, but what else are you doing? Oh, that's it. I'm just on TikTok. You know, and I'm not trying to knock you. If you're a new business owner and like, you only have so much time or like you're just trying to nail this one platform for a little while, but you know, okay, once things are working on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, or like I'm going to give myself six months. I launched my business six months ago, a year ago. I just want to, you know, wait until one year and then I want to expand. Like, okay, I get that because, you know, you're still trying to validate your product. You're still trying to sell things. You're still trying to like figure out what, what the hell to do. And I get that it can be overwhelming to like add on so many different things. But if you've had your business for a while and you're making consistent sales, you need to get, you need to go beyond Instagram. You need to go beyond TikTok. It is so important for the health of your business. So anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because I can sit here and vent about that for like 45 minutes. So um, so being visible and discoverable, that's a really important of creating a call like brand because people, like a lot of people have to know about you. And so if you're only on like Instagram, you're only on TikTok, you're only doing one thing to get you visibility, that is not enough. So for visibility, like my personal favorite ways to get your business in front of new people, most of them are going to be things that actually require little time on your end. I'm actually like, I'm kind of a what's the word? Like self, um, self-described? No, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm like a lazy marketer. I love repurposing stuff. I love taking shit that I did a year ago and re reposting that. 
I love taking emails that I wrote for a launch and just reusing the entire thing. Like I hate, I don't like actually creating a lot of new stuff. And when I, where I do like creating new stuff is on, on my podcast. So my podcast, I don't repurpose things. I create every episode is brand new. Even if it's like an episode that I've done that's like the same topic, I still talk, I still like, t- you know, do a, a fresh outlook on it or something. Um, so my favorite, some of my favorite things to bring you visibility in your business. And when I mean visibility, again, it's just people discovering you and It doesn't matter if you've had your business for one year or five years. It doesn't matter if you are making $5,000 a month or you're making $15,000 a month. You still need to be actively working on your visibility. I don't care what stage of business you're at. Visibility is the most important thing. Like I think there are two key, key, key things to growing an e-commerce business. One and, and I'm talking more direct to consumer. I'm not referring to like your wholesale accounts or any of that stuff. I mean, like if you sell products to customers on your website, these are the two things you need. You need to increase your website conversion rate because you can drive all the traffic in the whole world. You can get all the visibility in the whole world. If your website doesn't convert into sales for you, all that effort is just wasted. So website conversion is number one. Number two is traffic. And traffic comes from all the fucking marketing that we're talking about here. Traffic and visibility go hand in hand. They're the same thing. Some people call it traffic. Some people call it visibility. Um, I kind of interchange with everything all the time. So some of my favorite ways to get more traffic, get more visibility, get people to discover you. One, getting on podcasts. And this is something that you likely have not done, not considered, and you're probably like, oh no, Carrie, I sell a physical product. I can't go on people's podcasts. But you can, and I want you to. Um, Getting on people's podcasts is a massive, massive way to get visibility. The amount of people that listen to podcasts every single day is pretty unreal as we're heading into 2023. People are busy. People like to multitask. People like to listen to a podcast while they're walking their dog, while they're taking their kid in a stroller walk, while they're in their car driving somewhere, um, when they're going to work, when they're picking their kid up from somewhere. Podcasts are, I don't, I don't have stats in front of me here, but podcasts are like one of the top ways that people consume information. And so for you as a brand, you need to be getting on people's podcasts to be getting into all those new ear eardrums or ears or whatever you want to call it. So just taking some stock and thinking, okay, who, who buys my product? What are these people interested in? And what kind of podcasts talk about similar industries or something like that? Like every niche, there's going to be podcasts that are related, but then you can do things like reach out to people like me who have a product-based e-commerce type podcast and be like, this is my area of expertise. Like, you know what? I've, I've really cracked the code on working with influencers. And, you know, I've been able to grow my business by working with micro-influencers who only have 1,000 followers, but they bring in 50% of my revenue. I would love to share that on your audience with you. Like, pitch yourself to people. And it can be a simple email, a simple message, but you have something to offer, um, whether it's like a female founder type story, like your story of your business, why you started. Um, You probably have a cool story that you're underestimating that other people would really care about. Um, It could be like a niche specific podcast. 
it could be like you've you've figured out like a specific skill set within the product based world and you could go on other people like you could go on a podcast like mine and you could share like that one thing that has worked well for you that gets you visibility that puts your name and brand out in front of a ton of people and for podcasts like most podcasts that you know goes on the podcast platform and then it'll go on like either YouTube or a blog post or something so that podcast kind of lives on so that is like one of my most favorite ways to get visibility and it can work for any industry product service coaching anything um the second one and then one that you're going to hear me talking a lot more about in 2023 is affiliate marketing and affiliate marketing for me was one of my top ways that I got revenue for my product-based business with literally no freaking effort. I'm not even joking. That affiliate marketing was the easiest money that I made in my product-based business by far. I didn't do anything. Um, people sign up for your affiliate program. They add you to gift guides. They include you on blog posts. They do like a YouTube unboxing. They have your product and you just make money because you're getting in front of tons and tons and tons of people. You're getting in front of all of those audiences. The third way, the third form of visibility that I freaking love is customer referral programs. Again, another thing you're going to be hearing a lot more about in 2023. 2023, I am coming at you with a lot more visibility things. And yes, it's all related to traffic, but we're going to talk a lot about these like specific things like customer loyalty, customer reward program, customer referral programs, affiliate marketing, of course, email marketing is going to be up there too. You're going to hear, not that I talk a lot about social media, but you're going to be hearing less about like Instagram, for example. I feel like I have given up on Instagram. <laughs> uh, anyway, so customer referral programs are the best, 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 best ways to get visibility because you're getting your customer. I mean, for this to work, you have to actually get, you have to have like consistent customers too. So Customer referral programs are awesome because customers will buy from you. They'll like your brand. And then you can say, hey, join our referral program and you get something. Your friend gets a discount. It's a win-win for everyone. And then you get in front of all of your customers' audiences. And if they're, if they're, if your customer is a person who would buy from you, then likely a lot of their friends or followers are people that would likely buy from you too. So it's such a win-win, and these are easy ways to get in front of people. Affiliate program and customer referral are literally like the top, like some of the top ways that I got visibility with my product-based business. And again, they take no effort on your part. These are the easiest goddamn ways to, to make money in your business. Um, yeah, so those are like, I would say, three that I really, really like. There's a lot of other things that you can do to get visibility in your business. Like, for example, I really like Pinterest. Even though I don't talk about Pinterest a lot, Pinterest is an incredible way to get visibility in your business. Because again, and if you notice here, the stuff that I really like is not like short-lived content. The stuff that I like are stuff that gets you on a search engine or things that other like other people marketing your brand for you. Those are my personal favorite marketing tactics to get visibility for your business. And so with Pinterest, it's a search engine. It's a visual search engine. It's more like Google. It's less like Instagram. And what you put on Pinterest lives on. So you create a little pin and it's like, you know, you're referring people to a blog post that you wrote about something. And 
that pin on Pinterest will continue to circulate. So what you create today, people will still discover two years from now, three years from now. I have a client that I have done their Pinterest. I started their Pinterest for them, I don't know, three years ago. And basically stuff that we put out two and a half years ago gets them, they're all in December. So this is December, 2022. They are at um, almost a million monthly views right now for, on their Pinterest account. And a lot of those views are coming from pins that we created two, three years ago. Actually, this is three years ago because we created these like Christmas card idea ideas for your dog. We created a blog post and then we created pins three years ago and they are literally still circulating right now, right as we speak, bringing my client a million views on their Pinterest things each month right now for the whole entire holiday season. And that drives tons of traffic to their blog post and their blog post is connected on their website. So now they're getting all this traffic to their website. People can join their email list. They can buy a product. So this is how Pinterest works. So I think Pinterest is a little secret weapon ninja for marketing. It's just incredible. Okay, so those are a few of my favorite ways to get visibility for your business. But that's a really important thing is like your business has to be discoverable. It has to be visible. Um, You can't really have this like huge brand if no one knows who you are. And then I just want to kind of just break break it down a little bit more, but I want to try to wrap up this episode because I wanted to keep this as a short episode. So when we look at like in today's world, some cult-like brands, and again, you might not agree with these, and I'm just kind of, I'm kind of just thinking, okay, in 2022, who are a couple brands that people like really, really love? And really the first one that comes to mind is Apple. And you might be like, oh, that doesn't really count. That's not a small business. And you're right, it's not a small business, but they were small at one point, so I'm still going to use them. Actually, all three examples are going to be really big businesses. Um, okay, so Apple is is one of them, and you know they have they solve all those problems. They have a very interesting story, an interesting founder like Steve Jobs. Um, they they have a product that solves a really cool pain point. They're creative, like they've built a massive loyal community with their with their brand. Another example is Tesla. And again, you might be like, oh my God, I hate Elon Musk. He sucks. Some people love him. Some people hate him. He's very controversial. And obviously that's for a reason, um, but he's very interesting. And he's built the like Tesla brand. And that is a fanatical fucking brand. I don't know the stats here. I read an article somewhere of when they first came, not maybe when they first came out, but when they put the first Tesla, like people could join a wait list or something, or they could pre-buy the car and they had like hundreds of thousands of sales without even having a car available, like something crazy. And that comes from a, they've had a cult like following, but also Tesla, that's a brand that is a like belief driven brand. You know, people that buy a Tesla, they care about the environment. They care about sustainability and all those things. So that's a belief-driven brand, and that creates a belief-driven buyer. So a lot of people, especially 2022 and beyond, like buyers want to support brands that 
again, like brands that have a bigger mission, purpose, and that kind of thing. It's not just about the product. It's like they use – they buy things to – it's almost like what's the expression? Like they use their wallets as votes to like support stuff that they believe in. So very, very, very important and interesting thing. Um, and also like a lot of these brands too, like they're really creative with marketing and they've 100% created a community. So, and then the last one that I want to mention is, and I think, it, I mean, Peloton. I mean, I think Peloton is 100% a brand that has a cult-like following. I We got a Peloton... I guess it's been three years now. God. So for me, I was someone who I've always loved spinning classes. And when I lived in Seattle, I lived right down the street from an amazing spin studio called Burn Cycle. Oh my God. That was one of the most, like going to a spin, a a Burn Cycle class, it was like this like religious type experience. I don't even, and I'm not religious, but it like felt like it would be like a religious experience with the music, the vibe, like the instructors, it, like the black, like everything was, you're, you're sitting in pitch black with the black light or not black lights. Um, I don't know, like the little bit of light that comes in. It's just this experience and I loved it so much. And this was like December of actually, this was December, 2019. My husband was like, oh, let's get a, um, let's get a Peloton because- you're spending so much money going to these spin classes. We should just get a Peloton. And I was really against it at first. I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to like it. Like, I, I feel like I can't do a spin class inside the house. Da, 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 da. We ended up getting one. And I I definitely like it. I don't use it as much as I used to, but I'm planning on getting back into it. But Peloton 100% has created a cult-like brand. They have a product that it solves a pain point. I mean, especially it launched, I'm not, not, I'm sorry, it didn't launch, but like for a lot of people, a lot of people bought Pelotons in 2020 when COVID happened because they couldn't go and do those spin classes. They couldn't go to the gym. And so Peloton solved a huge pain point for people, especially at this like really shitty time in our lives where we were stuck in the house, we had to isolate and at least you could have your Peloton to do some rides. You know what I mean? You could have a community through your Peloton. So they're kind of genius. And unfortunately, they also wiped out a lot of these like mom and pop, um, like spinning studios and things like that. But unfortunately, but I also think COVID is the real culprit behind wiping some of those things out. So anyway, so I just wanted to kind of give a few examples. And I also want to, sorry, I forgot one more. Um, I think Glossier is also 100% a brand that you could say has a cult-like following. Um, and uh, again, the the founder of that brand, Emily Weiss, she, and I, I have an entire podcast about Glossier because I, I'm fascinated by the brand. And I think I love the story. So the founder had a – so she was on the Hills. I don't know if any of – we have any Hills uh, listeners here or Hills watchers, sorry. So MTV The Hills with Lauren Conrad, who, of course, I also love. She was on that show, I think, one or two episodes, and she was, like, the super annoying, like, put-together intern who was going to NY – I think she went to NYU. She was, like – interning at like I don't know Teen Vogue she was also interning at like another I forget which big magazine she was interning at and she just like was she kind of like was doing it all and she was kind of annoying but and then when I later found out that she's the one that founded Glossier I read more about her and her story and she obviously like there's some privilege and connection here and not everyone can just launch a brand like she did but 
that does I don't want to discredit that because I think most people don't launch a brand like she did, whether they have connection or not. So I never want to underplay that kind of stuff. But like she started a blog and I think it was like fashion related or fashion beauty related. And then it turned into this idea for Glossier and she basically created a wait list for her first one or two products and got like hundreds of thousands of people on her email list to try her product before it even came out. Like it's just such an interesting story. And if you haven't read about her Glossier founder, her name is Emily Weiss, W, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, W-E-I-S-S. I love the story so much. I think it's so in, just inspirational and interesting. And I also talk about on that podcast, I'll link it in the show notes if you want to listen to it, where she launched this brand, but she only launched with like one or two products. I know a lot of people when they're launching a business, they're like, oh my God, I need to have like 500 products because that's what everyone else has. But in fact, like launching simpler and smaller is 100% the way to go. At least I think that's how I teach people. And I love the Glossier story because that's what she did. She had a couple products and some of the products that she launched initially are still like their cult-like, you know, products that they have, like the boy brow. And I think it was like um, cheek stain, maybe a cheek stain or like a lip balm, lipbalm.com or something like that. I don't know. So I would say that's also another brand that would definitely be considered like a cult-like status. And she has a cool story. She has a very appealing brand. If you go to Glossier on their website, like it's just like everything looks beautiful. They use a lot of representation in the product photos and the videos. They have an incredible social media. And what Glossier has really, really done is they have taken their customers on the journey with them. They include their customers. They repost customer photos and videos all the time and again like you know how much I am a like I just want to beat people over the head when it comes to involve your customers with your brand like if they tag you on social media in a photo or video repost that reshare it use that in your content like treat your customers not like an ATM and they will come back to you and I think Glossier has done such a good job with getting their customers to give them user-generated content or UGC and then using that UGC on in their Instagram, on their, you know, other platforms that they have. And people love that because it's authentic. And again, now they're almost like rewarding their customer. Like, oh, we used your video. Like, we love you so much that we're using your video. So anyway, so that is the updated episode of how to reach cult like status with your brand. And I just love this topic so much. I'm like, I use the word obsessed a lot, but I really am obsessed with this because I think it isn't talked about a lot. And I have sort of like, I came out with a private podcast series last year called Create a Cult Like Brand. And it's just something that's really important to me. And I think if you want to grow a business where you don't have to rely on advertising, and I'm not saying that ads are bad. And if you want to do ads, awesome. Like you should do ads if you, when you're at the right level to do advertising. But like if you don't want to do ads or you don't have to rely on ads to get customers, like this is the stuff that will get you customers, sorry, sales over and over and over and over again is when you have this like brand that people just love. And it doesn't mean you have to get to the level of Apple or Tesla, which let's face it, that's almost impossible. I'm not saying that at all. You can be a small brand and have a cult-like following, okay? You have to, yes, you have to have visibility. People have to love you and you have to have a cool product and a good vibe. But like a small business can also have that same 
like cult-like following. And that's what I want for you. And I love this topic so much that, I, again, I've created a program around this. And I'm also writing a business book that is related to this kind of topic. So this is like my new thing. And I'm kind of diving into this niche or whatever it's called. And I really love it. I'm very passionate about it. I love teaching. I love talking about it. And yeah, so that's what you're going to hear a lot more about in 2023. And again, depending on when you're listening to this episode, check the show notes. You can join the waitlist for the cultish product, or you can submit your application. This is going to be a group coaching mastermind three month program, three or four. I'm still deciding about the time frame, but it should be about three months and it's going to be fucking awesome. So if you like what you're hearing, head over to the show notes and definitely sign up. It's going to be so much fun. And I just cannot wait to get this out into the world. And if you have a moment of your time, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple iTunes. It helps me get visibility because it helps the podcast get shown in front of more people if you have more reviews. So I would really appreciate that. And I hope everyone has an amazing day and I will talk to you on the next episode.